Xin chào. Chúng bệnh số. Mẹ gà là bà. Ní hào. Selamat siang. Sabai đi toàn sau. Assalamualaikum. Tuadi. Selamat pagi. Magandang umaga. Welcome to the Lotus Talks. Hi, let me introduce myself. I'm Granger Whitelaw, CEO of the Vietnam Group, and I host the Lotus Talks. The Lotus Talks is a show where we talk about the people and the companies that are making a difference in Vietnam and Southeast Asia, or doing good while doing well, as I like to say. It's the golden age here, and there are many exciting things happening. I hope to bring as much to you as possible. So get your coffee, sit back, and relax. And let's go! Good morning, Granger Whitelaw with Lotus Talks. It's Friday morning here in Vietnam, and it has been a really busy week. Lots going on. I know for sure I have been busy. Um, I want to welcome our guest today, Keith Schultz from Motul. Uh, Keith, thanks for joining me again. Thanks, Granger. Happy to be here. The podcast Monday was great. Uh, your, your thoughts were really insightful and uh, got really good response. Uh, so thank you, and I'm glad you came back on as a guest today. Gladly. How was your week? You traveled all around, and uh, I hear that uh, the airports are kind of empty, but the planes are somewhat full, and it's not business as normal, but there's activity. There is. Uh, they're not all empty. Um, easy to get a hotel room. Uh, flexible bookings on airlines. Yeah. Um, but business carries on, uh, even in countries like Singapore, that are a little more impacted than others. Sure. Well, it's encouraging. I know, I know that uh, uh, the hotels are down like 80%, I've heard, in, in, in a lot of the travel places like Vietnam and not trying and dying and around. And it makes sense, right? You want to be quarantined. Schools are off again. So your kids have been off now for a month or... Yeah, yeah, since before Tet yeah. uh, and Christmas break before that, that's driving parents <laughs> a little bit bad. Every kid's dream. Yes. <laughs> yeah, how come that didn't happen when I was in sixth grade? Like we had a snow day, right? You grew up in the Midwest. Yeah, I one grew day. Up, right? Remember going sledding? And it, was, it was the best. Yeah, that was great. This is a little different program. Even my kids now, they're starting to think, hmm, maybe school wasn't so bad to home. Yeah, they miss their friends, right? My daughter, mm-hmm. Cece, really, like, you know, she was ready to go back to school because she got, if you remember, I was home from the States and then she got mono and then she got the flu. Mm-hmm. So the first week she couldn't even go back to school and she was ready to go see her friends after a month. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all parents in four, four provinces, Ho Chi Minh City, uh, you know, right here at home, yeah. among them are indefinitely yeah. uh, closed as far as school Boy. goes. Crazy. So I want to talk about Motul today. You, you, uh, you are, I mean, you have a new position at Motul, I know. It's a, it's a big, big position, a big responsibility. Um, so what is your title now or titles? And uh, Well, I still live and work here in Vietnam, uh, based here, but I'm executive vice president for Asia Pacific, which is basically all of Asia outside of Japan, China, India. Okay. That covers all of the products. Uh, you know, we divide it primarily by uh, automotive, where our brand's most well-known, but also industrial and heavy-duty. Right, right, right. And so, uh, especially in those last two categories, we're making a big push uh, to be more 
aggressive and, and carve out a bit of a niche. Right, right. So Motul has been around since 1853. I guess it's kind of a, a cool story um, how you guys started. And the Industrial Revolution had just turned the world upside down, right? Motul, they, they say, this is from your website, seize the opportunity by focusing on innovation and excellence, meticulously considering every step of an industrial process and envisioning automotive growth. You didn't aim just to create the right oil for the right purpose. You aimed to harness it, knowledge and gain at every step. And this is really what you guys do. You look at inventing. You look at uh, creating new products. Um, you've had a lot of firsts. In 53, you're the first multi-grade lubricant. In 66, you had the first semi-synthetic lubricant for cars in the world. In 71, you had the fir- first fully synthetic four-stroke lubricant uh, based on esters. Um, and a lot of other huge things. Recently, you have a hybrid range on the market for oil and synthetics. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I mean, it must be fun. I mean, people think it's boring oil, but it's not. It's cool technology. Yeah, we interact really closely with our end users and use racing as the basis for a lot of our development. So um, in the U.S., uh, our brand is not all that well known. But if you are uh, at a club or national level, two or four wheels, um, our product uh, is you know, kind of a, a key reference, um, sure. whether it's a specific racing oil or the 300V. Um, you know, we have built a lot of our reputation about what that offers in a racing environment. High tech. High tech. Like the movie we saw, Ford versus Ferrari, mm. right? And, you had a couple of it, cameos. Yeah, you guys had Moto had some cameos, right? It's so cool to see your brand in, yeah. in, in the history. I mean, you know, you've been around for a long time. It's a trusted brand, but it's a high end for Maserati, for Ferrari. For that's really where it kind of started, right? And now you're you're a broad based product for for motorcycles. You know, Eleven thousand stores sell your stuff in Vietnam alone. I mean, it's huge growth. Yeah, yeah, it's been a good story in Vietnam. Um, the uh, concept to come in to Vietnam with a local partner, I think, made a lot of sense. There are a lot of technical imported brands from Europe, but here, uh, you know, we've built, uh, founded a beachhead and built it up uh, as the production and development hub uh, for all of Asia. Oh, which is that is right? Here a little in bit Vietnam, unique. Yeah. Right here in Vietnam, most um, companies would have chosen Singapore or China for that, for technology or market access reasons. But we go about things a little differently and uh, liked what we found with the raw materials as far as the factory and the team uh, going back to the uh, mid-2000 knots. And Mm. in the last 15 years, um, have built what was originally uh, just a local bl- uh, brand and blender, uh, V-Lube Corporation. V-Lube, right? That's mm-hmm. the V-Lube brand there? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now that's become a really integral part of the global operations, where, for example, in our metalworking fluids, you know, the coolant that goes into machining mm-hmm. of uh, precision parts, um, all of the R&D for all of Asia happens right here in our lab uh, and next to our factory wow. south of Ho Chi Minh. That's District 7? Yes, just south of there in Yangon. Oh, that's so cool. I had no idea. I don't, I, that is really neat. So you do a lot of research here as well as the blending. 
Yeah, and that is a bit of a differentiator because um, I, even on the automotive side, a lot of our competitors uh, don't uh, develop and manufacture the fully synthetic products mm -hmm. for cars or bikes. Uh, but we started with that right in the beginning. You know, we defined all the processes in the supply chain um, and uh, have been blending that for several years and carved out uh, a really significant market share, although it's a fairly small market, for the high-end synthetics, you know, sure. right uh, in the beginning as part of the strategy. So you guys sell, I mean, you're, the Motul stores are all over, you see, Vietnam for the bikes, right? But you also do the industrial products as well for Asia. And do you manufacture that from here as well? or Certainly. Yeah, we um, develop and blend that in the same plant. Uh, the brand is called Motul Tech. And strategically, it makes a lot of sense for us to look down the road on where lubricants are going as more and more drive systems are less conventional sure. and will use less lubricant in the future. But as far as factory operations, there will always be two pieces of metal touching and interacting right. and then a requirement for a certain substance to make that optimized. So you don't, um, for sure, factories need oil and they need lubricants. You got, you got to have it to make stuff, right? So. Now, you don't oversee China any longer. I thought you had some oversight in China before, but that's got to be a big issue right now. We talked about Monday mm -hmm. supply chain and what you guys are thinking and how, you, how are you dealing with that. Maybe you can share some of your thoughts since you have so much experience in the territory with others on the show, listening to the show who don't. Yeah, I also have another cap um, as head of strategy for the industrial side. And um, we are focusing on process-oriented fluids in China. Now, mm -hmm. uh, this is not the ideal time to be working directly with uh, factory end users. Uh, but we think um, adding value uh, through both the product uh, that is customized for individual applications, individual factory situations, mm -hmm. and then the follow-up service in cleaning analysis uh, based on a total cost of ownership model really sure. is the right way forward. Uh, many of our competitors are already entrenched there, and so we have to find ways, not just on the product, but on the service and logistics side to differentiate from, from them. And uh, the service high touch angle uh, mm -hmm. is a big one, even in a massive market like China. Sure. And right now your factory there is closed, you're not operating, or are you operating part-time, or how are you guys? Well, we are working from home, and our sales team is operating uh, at limited scale. Uh -huh. But it's mostly laying the groundwork for when our factory customers and our distributors open up. Sure. And that's happening in dribs and drabs over the past week. Well, that's good. So, so it's starting, and... Uh... There You're seeing indications of some of, signs of life. Oh, that's yes. good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been scary for everybody. And uh, obviously you're operating 15 countries here or something. And so you have some uh, probably resources and abilities to do things. That others don't. I remember we were speaking with the head of Intel last week and he was saying, oh, well, you know, but I have my own ability to, you know, get cargo planes to fly here and there and move my product or move it to different factories. And, and having that ability is great, right? But if you don't have that ability, uh, 
Mm. Uh, it can limit your, your growth potential this year, I think. Yeah, especially now. I think um, it's time to do more thinking about the eventual opening of uh, most of the impacted areas across the economy mm-hmm. and that industrial lubricant side. Um, those are uh, the factories that are either uh, currently not in operations, like in China, or those that are outside but rely on inputs from China that just don't have the materials to restart uh, a lot of their manufacturing operations. And so um, we're in a lot of communication, different forms and formats, uh, so that uh, we can ensure that we're first in line uh, with uh, the supplies that we need to manufacture on our own, but that we help our customers get first in line in their material sourcing so they also open up as early as possible because I think uh, over the next couple of weeks and months you'll see some serious shortages in certain areas. Mm -hmm. Now a lot of that I think is fear-based but soon it will be real across Mm -hmm. a lot of areas in supply chain and the big one is automotive out of China. So if we can help our customers or restart before their competitors. Mm-hmm. And that'll be an advantage for us. And uh, we're looking to capture a little bit of additional market shares. Sure. Year. Yeah. Yeah. As we said Monday, there's opportunity that comes through uh, through uh, hard times and thoughtful uh, strategy and thinking can make a big difference. And even a little bit can make a big difference, right? Yeah. Fuel is definitely a concern, right? We want to get fuel. You need to get mm-hmm. oil. You need some of those necessary things. And you guys are definitely part of that that supply chain, right? It's necessary for the economy to keep moving, the engine of the economy, right? To to keep moving, so no pun intended, but maybe. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's uh, a big deal. For us, we only have a few of the inputs uh, coming from China. Um, Globally in lubricants, um, South Korea has taken the lead on base oil. Uh, They seem to have two or three uh, chables that uh, are kind of benchmark in price and quality. And so far, the supply lines there are open. Mm-hmm. A lot of chemicals yeah. sourced in the U.S. and Europe as well. And so um, they're just hoping that their sell, sales to Asia uh, mm-hmm. aren't all that impacted. But um, we're ready to produce uh, as fast as uh, the customers are willing to take the product. Sure. Another cool thing about your company, I, I noticed, um, I watched the Techcom Bank uh, run a, a couple months ago, December, actually, I guess, yeah, December, like 8th or 9th, and, uh, and you ran in this event. Uh, it's a huge event here in Ho Chi Minh City, and I think I saw like a thousand Motul shirts or something. That, how many of your employees uh, ran in that event? Well, it wasn't quite a thousand, but we did get 160. That's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> That's um, about 60, 70% of our employees here wow. in Vietnam. And uh, many of them had never run 5K before. Yeah. And so that, that was encouraging. And um, the feedback uh, was that uh, the training was hard and the race uh, was more fun than they'd expected especially when they could do it together after 
putting in the effort. Yeah, team front. building, right? Mm-hmm. You guys do a lot of charity too, right? You, you, you're very charitable focused. Yeah, we've got a great HR team that um, double hats as our CSR operations. Mm. And in the last year, um, our effort has been on rural schooling. So um, we've sent teams to four kind of remote corners across Vietnam. Wow. Um, and sponsored and participated in the building of four schools. Uh, and we're going to uh, double down on that. Oh, effort that is so in cool. You build the schools. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, I agree. That, that's meaningful. We think there, um, those uh, in remote uh, provinces where teachers are ready and willing, um, don't have any infrastructure or place to collect kids, uh, and electric or running water to go along with that, uh, need that kind of help. That's so cool. That's awesome. A great example of companies like we like to talk about here um, on Lotus people are giving back you know it's it's great to do well but you know do good too if you can and certainly you guys are a, a shining example of that motul and v-loop so you're looking forward to this year you think in the end it's all going to work out you feeling positive any glimmer of hope for those listening yeah despite uh, a lot of the headlines today you now i think it's going to be a very good year i do too i think um this requires some agility, even from the big players that uh, they haven't had to rely on in the past two or three years where conditions generally in Vietnam have been only up, up, up. Up, 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 right. Yeah. Right. And so here it'll demand some more fine tuning now, which is why we're maybe in uh, the mode with our thinking caps on. But um, when it does come back, I think refilling stocks with uh, value-added offers uh, is going to play into our hands. Uh, and so we're optimistic, cautious yes. now, but optimistic across the 16 markets that I see. China, I think, will be a special case. And yeah. I'm glad we have a strong GM up there who um, is on the ground full-time. Even if he wanted to go out, he couldn't. <laughs> right, right. Um, but outside of that particular market, um, I think uh, Asia is set for a pretty good run. And then we'll see what happens and how things respond to uh, you know, issues around the U.S. elections, sure. for example, macro yeah. issues. But yeah. on the ground, uh, there will be plenty of... There's a big up. new EU agreement to sign for Vietnam. There's, there's so many positive things happening here, I think, sure. that you're going to see a lot of growth. And uh, it, it's still the fastest growing economy in the world. And and, uh, and obviously, you are very thoughtful in figuring out ways to restart and help your your clients and customers restart as well. That's very thoughtful. And and I think uh, the more people look at that approach, try to figure out how you can really add some value to your consumers, to the end retailers, to the end users. When it really starts to get going, we can we can jumpstart this thing again and hopefully make up some time on lost ground for the economy. So. All right, everybody out there, thank you for listening. It's the Lotus Talks Friday afternoon. Uh, and Keith, thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate your time. You, your time is incredibly valuable, I know, and I appreciate all your, uh, your, your, your thoughtfulness and generosity. Thanks for having me on, Granger. Yeah, yeah. Everybody out there, have a great weekend. Uh, take care of yourself. 
Have uh, a great time with your families. Make sure you keep uh, those hands washed, as I like to say. <laughs> and uh, enjoy the time off. Until Monday, it's Lotus Talks. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many other podcast platforms so you never miss an episode. If you want to support what we do, then share and leave a comment. You can always find us on our website at thevietnamgroup.com forward slash The Lotus, as well as our Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and just about everywhere in the world. Just search for The Vietnam Group. We post updates daily and feature the Lotus blog and podcasts. Until next time, the Lotus Talks. See you soon.